live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Goes to Nikola Jovic, out to Yurtsev, and the big man shoots a three, missed it, and there's the triple-double for Jamal Murray. Got the rebound with five seconds to go. First time in NBA history. Two players, same team with a triple-double, and the Nuggets get home court advantage right back. They beat the Heat 109-94 to go up two games to one in the finals. It was almost as if two players beat the Miami Heat last night. Pretty close to it with Jokic and Murray combining for 66 points, 31 rebounds, 20 assists. First time in NBA history, regular season or postseason. Two triple doubles with a 30-point performance by both of them. Amazing efforts by those two guys and the Nuggets, as you just heard off of ESPN Radio and you heard here on 1061 ESPN last night. Knocking off the heat, 109-94. Denver now with a two-games-to-one lead in that best-of-seven NBA Finals. Welcome to the Sports Huddle Thursday afternoon. Hope you're doing okay out there. Hope you haven't had to be outside too much today. We have had the haze and the smog and the smoke and lots of postponements and changes to schedules, and we'll get into all of that this afternoon as well, but just take care of yourself. First and foremost, the uh, Washington Nationals game up in D.C. has already been postponed for tonight, and very unfortunately, Uh, And I ran into Dave Thomason today from Special Olympics out on the Richmond campus. Uh, They have altered their schedule for tomorrow. The opening ceremonies, which were supposed to be in Robbins Stadium, have been moved to the Robbins Center. So it's still a very good venue. They'll still have a spectacular opening ceremonies. But any of the outdoor events that were scheduled for tomorrow have been either canceled or postponed. They are hopeful that they'll be able to be outside on Saturday when some of the smoke is supposed to clear out of here. So we wish them the best of luck. But that's my point. Uh, It is severe enough that things have been changing, and uh, Sean Robertson from CBS 6 is with me on a feel-good Thursday, and he knows that better than anybody because he's covering the high school playoff scene, and there have been some changes there too, haven't there? whole bunch of changes. Uh, Changes from yesterday's schedule, today's schedule, moving it to tomorrow, and Maybe some alterations on tomorrow, depending on mm-hmm. the weather, which will move uh, some of those sports in their state semifinals and finals maybe back a day. One has already been moved. Uh, Class 6 girls soccer, their championships will now be on Sunday because of Cosby's uh, two postponements uh, because of the air quality concerns. Their match is now Friday at 2 o'clock, and should they win, it'll be Friday, Saturday, and the final in Class 6 will be Sunday. It's one thing if you get rain, you know, we kind of expect that that happens, but for it to be for this reason, it just kind of makes it a little bit more frustrating. At least I I think it does. It just, just makes it a little, what's wrong with those Canadians up there? Can't they put out a fire or two? What's going on? No, I don't, I don't want to kid about it. I mean, obviously uh, they've had their hands full up there. Although I will say it's kind of ironic, like the Toronto Blue Jays played at home yesterday. Now they have a dome, so they played inside, but uh, it it had you see the pictures in New York and in Philadelphia now in D.C. Yeah. as well and it, it's almost kind of a scary sight to look at that you know? one in New York when you was going what was it, the bridge, bridge uh, yeah. the GW bridge yeah. going from Jersey from New York to Jersey I was like woo that's 
that's like a movie type yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. That was really type scary. And then uh, the shot at the uh, at Yankee Stadium looking mm-hmm. at him, I'm like, man, you, there's no way you can play in those type of conditions. So for the high schoolers, you know, got to deal with um, some alterations and also graduations as well. There's, I know Chesterfield County, that's done. But the schools that they're playing against in Northern Virginia, they have to deal with the their adjustment with this and also graduation mm-hmm. as well. So it's it's been chaotic, uh, to say the least, this week. All right. Somehow I went from the NBA Finals in Miami to our problems <laughs> up here with the smoke and the poor air quality and all of that. So let's circle back to what the Nuggets did last night. And for once, Sean, I actually got one right. I was really confident in the Nuggets last night. I thought they would make the adjustments they needed to make and would win that game and get home court advantage back. I still think it's going six. I think the Heat, they've shown it throughout these entire playoffs. They're not deterred by one loss. They'll find a way to come back, and I I think they win game four when they play that um, tomorrow night. But I loved, obviously, the way the Nuggets played uh, last night. Didn't surprise me, to be honest with you. I'm not sure I would have said they'd have won by 15, um, but it does not surprise me that they came back and won that game. They just get it done. When you think uh, 1-1 and you think the momentum is clearly on the Heat side, they come home for two. Joker Joker and Murray just said, I know we're going to take back control, both with triple-doubles, 30-point triple-doubles, never happened before in NBA history, and you put the pressure back on Miami because if they don't win game four, this series is over in five. They're not winning a second game in Denver. So um, even though they're the eighth seed and not a lot of people expecting Miami to get to this point, the series is basically, it, it can be decided Friday night in game four. See, I wasn't so sure that they gained all that much momentum by winning game two. I, just the way it happened, mm-hmm. twofold. I mean, the Nuggets had that game pretty much in control. They were up eight going into the fourth quarter. And Miami gets hot, and they made, you know, what, 40-some percent of their threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you live by the jump shot, you die by the jump shot. So I wasn't I wasn't in that, in that camp that, oh, Miami's got all this momentum because they won game two. I think they got hot at the right moment. Credit to them. Good for them. They did it. But I wasn't so sure they had, they had gained all that much momentum. In fact, I thought they may have gained even a little bit more momentum by just the way they played the fourth quarter in game one mm-hmm. when they were getting blown out to bring it back to within 10 or 9 or whatever they got it to than what they did in game two. And they didn't shoot the ball well. Obviously, last night, 11 of 35 from three, that's only 31%. And only 34 of 92 for the game, that's only 37%. I'll tell you what, in the NBA, you're not going to win too many games when you make only 34 field goals. Not at all. And you think about about this heat lose by 15 they only had four turnovers at in the game um they did it butler had 28 points he took 24 shots out of bio 22 points on 21 shots and he did have 17 rebounds and three blocks but you only turn the ball over four times at home and you still get beat by 15 that's pretty good you're right about that and, yeah. and you know the nuggets turned it over 13 times normally that's a recipe for disaster yep especially on your home court for for the heat so i mean i i think the nuggets did what i thought they would do uh i think the heat find a way to come back at this point i still think this is a good series and i think it's going to go six and i think denver's going to win again in miami and they're going to they're going to wrap it up there i just i just think obviously they're the better team they're a number one seed the heat maybe a little bit of magic in a bottle here pardon the expression um you know, so I'm I'm still in the camp of the Nuggets, and uh, AJ said this all along. Watch the Nuggets because they play kind of an old-fashioned style mm-hmm. of basketball, and you'll enjoy it. And that's been the case, except for the horrible flopping last night. Good <laughs> God, I was yelling like Bob last night at the flopping. Wait a minute, yelling like Bob? Wow, 
What does that mean? I mean, I was Do going I yell? all this is well, you know, you're you're always negative about this new school way of basketball. But <laughs> I was so annoyed and I was telling I was telling Rob, I'm like, this is why it's hard to argue with him because stuff like this. It was, he, it was sad. He was okay today, but I actually talked to him on the phone today, Robert Oley, our oh, esteemed he, uh, <laughs> program director. Mm-hmm. He, he was he's a big Miami Heat fan, but he was actually okay. I, I was good. I felt good that he was okay. It's the third stage. The yeah, stage. I've gotten there. I'll yet. be interested with Denver because the other two starters, Porter and Caldwell Pope, mm-hmm. who has who have played well throughout this whole postseason run, two for eleven combined and eight points. I don't expect them to do that again in Game Four. Right. Right. Yeah. All right, let's get to the phones, 804-327-0888, That's also our text line. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Two quick, very quick uh, points of note. Uh, Bob, I would have actually been okay with a baseball lead-in today. <laughs> only, only had it been the Cincinnati Reds. Yep. Yeah. Young outfielder, rounding first, going to second, finishing at third, or the drive home home run to end the game. They were special yesterday. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that, Bruce. That's already old news because Clayton Kershaw shut him out today. So there you go. Yeah, I heard. I heard. (laughs) But you're right. No, Ella, uh, Ellie, Ellie Dela Cruz. Right? Flying around the yeah. bases, hitting yeah. tape measure home runs. I don't know. Maybe the Reds yeah. will come back to relevancy again, Bruce. You might have something to cheer about. Give us a give us a couple of years. Give us I think our farm system is pretty good as well. So give mm-hmm. us a couple of years. Good young talent. So, They're fun to watch. Let's get into this because you guys are baking a cake and y'all are not adding all the ingredients. And and, and you know how that cake is gonna come out. If you don't add that grandma's secret ingredient. So at conclusion of game two in Denver, there was much talk that Tyler Hero would be ready to play in game three, heading to Miami on Wednesday. The soreness in his hand, of course, changed that. But had that been the case, I, I believe, Yes, his point production would, could have swayed that uh, a victory, putting Miami up to one. I, I think, guys, I know it's this, the chip, and I know everyone is injured, but I think that missing ingredient in the cake batch really makes a difference. It, for all intensive purposes, Denver is at full blast. While we knew this going in, Miami... I think we lost, we lost Bruce him. there, but that's okay because he made his point. But, Sean, you and I were kind of making some eye contact there. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a valid point in this I case. Because, one, it's not a guarantee the hero was going to, A, start in his traditional in his traditional role, and, two, if he was going to provide 15 to 20 points in his first game back from a broken hand. I'm with you. I mean, play who you got. Yeah. Talk about who's playing. Every, uh, Bruce said it. Everybody's got injuries this time of year. And we didn't hear much when Hero, you know, when they won Game One or Game Two. two. Yeah. You know, we didn't say, "Oh, if Hero would have played Game Two, 
that would have made a bigger difference or there would have been a bigger margin or if he would have played game one, the Nuggets, I mean, no. And we could, and I could easily flip it again. Okay, if Hero plays and he does that, well, maybe Porter Jr. goes off a little bit more. Or they attack the matchup if uh, he goes against Caldwell Pope and he doesn't score six points. Or Porter Jr. doesn't score two points. So there are a lot of more there are a lot of other variables to go if Hero was going to play. The matchups would be a little bit different had Hero played and all of that. So I mean All I heard was that he went from doubling down to tripling down. <laughs> that is impressive. Bruce, you mean? Hundred yeah. oh, percent. He yeah. doubled down and I expected humbleness when he called. I even gave him a joke. And he comes on. I patch him through, and he triples down. Yeah, and he, uh, he he's played. Gonna ride, he kind he's of played that boat. Kind of played the excuse card today. He's gonna ride. A little that disappointed boat. there. Bruce is gonna come back with his A game after the Heat win Game Four. I was gonna say so if Hero wins, so if he plays Game Four and they win, it was like, oh, I told you so. Yeah. Nah. My cake is tasting pretty good without one missing ingredient. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Chef Bob is whipping it up in the kitchen, and my cake is tasting pretty good, and I'm getting ready to put the icing on it. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, I am. It's baking in the oven, and that icing is getting ready. Not that I'm a huge Nuggets fan by any stretch, and I'm not, not a Heat fan either. But I'm just going to stick with my conviction. And actually, AJ, you kind of convinced. You're like, watch the Nuggets. You're going to love the way they play. Old family. Okay, I'm going to buy into that. And I think they're going to win it in six. And I still think they're going to win it in six. I forget who it was, but somebody hit Joker in the back. And when Joker dramatically flew into the crowd, somebody handed him an Academy Award. <laughs> wow. wow. And that's my boy. I love Joker. I was going to say, you're, you're Murray, kind of throwing but, some shade uh, at a guy who did something last night that's never been done some. before. I'm not sure I'm throwing any shade his way right now. Joker's doing his business. Yeah, he is. In this postseason. He, he even convinced our, our buddy Matt Josephs that Joel Embiid is not the MVP in the NBA. And see, it's two different things. Is it he is saying he's the best things. player in the world? Is he the best player overall, or is he the most valuable player? That's- it might be all one and the same this year, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And there's a difference between the regular season and the postseason. Right. For sure, right. Jokic is the best player in the postseason. Hands down. Yeah. This year. Hands yeah. down. All right. All right. They're up two games to one. Game four is Friday night again in Miami. And you'll hear it here on 1061 ESPN. Here's what you're going to hear for the next hour and 45 minutes on 1061 ESPN. Here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. Brought to you by our friends at the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. We certainly urge you to support the local RVA community by volunteering your services or donating blood to the Red Cross. And of course, they are, you know, they've they've activated all all resources right now with everything that's going on around us. So this would be a great time if you're in a position to help out. We certainly urge you to do so. To learn more about that visit redcross.org. All right, we'll get into a little bit more baseball. Uh, Bruce brought it up, alluded to that. Uh, We'll do that all during the course of the show. No guest here in the 4 o'clock hour, 804-327-0888. And in hour two, college baseball talk. Um, The voice of Duke 
Baseball. Chris Edwards is going to join us. The Blue Devils and the Virginia Cavaliers getting set to play their Super Regional Series in Charlottesville. First game is noon tomorrow. By all indication, it's going to go on. Will depend on again the air quality index and all of that. Both teams worked out today in Charlottesville, so they got an opportunity to see what it was going to be like. So we'll be able to catch up with Chris Edwards, play-by-play voice of the Duke Blue Devils baseball. He'll join us at five fifteen this afternoon for as good Sean as Virginia has been this year, and Virginia's been really, really good. Duke came to Charlottesville and won two out of three. Earlier this, this season, I think that's the last series loss for UVA at home was by Duke. Hmm. So it'll be interesting. So they have some confidence going. Yeah. They can go to Charlottesville. They can go to Davenport Field and win. But this is a totally different UVA squad since that ACC tournament. They looked good offensively in that uh, that last game against East Carolina to mm-hmm. wrap it up on Sunday. Come from behind, so it, it show it shows a little moxie there. Uh, for UVA to try to get back to the College World Series, I mean, what's two in the last three years? So did they? I'm trying to remember if they went last year. I don't think they went to. They so didn't go to the College World Series yeah, last year. So two year. in the last three yeah. years for uh, for Coach O'Connor and UVA. He's been remarkable, yep. unbelievable, and I, that will guarantee the ACC. I think it's 17 straight years with at least one team in the College World Series. Yeah, obviously that's what with, with this series. Yep. Yeah, it'll either be yep. Duke or Virginia, and uh, so and they get. They get a couple teams in that are still playing, but at least one going to mm-hmm. going to Omaha for the College World Series. Uh, so we'll talk again. Chris Edwards, the voice of the Duke Blue Devils, will join us at five fifteen. All right, about twenty, almost twenty after four Thursday afternoon. He's Sean Robertson from CBS Six. I'm Bob Black. We are in our ESPN Richmond studio this afternoon. AJ's on the other side of the glass over there, pushing the buttons for us. First voice you'll hear if you dial us up to get on the air. 804-327-0888. First time out back after the break 1061 espn on 1061 espn is brought to you by park and go reserve your spot today at bookparkandgo.com remember when flying out of richmond just park and go we will have braves baseball on the air tonight no nba playoff game the nba took over last night Instead of the Braves, which in a way is two bags. The Braves had a really good game yesterday. I watched most of it. Braves and uh, mm-hmm. Mets, a 7-5 come from behind win. Michael Harris, big two-run homer, made a great catch in the outfield. Uh, Max Scherzer couldn't hold a 4-1 to lead. Ooh. That would be worrisome if I was the Mets. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So they send the other hoss as Big Al would say, <laughs> to the mound tonight. Justin Verlander goes for the Mets, Ooh. and Spencer Strider goes for Atlanta. So that's a good one. That's yeah. a you know, and the Braves have uh, they've whipped up on those Mets in this series. They're going. They got the brooms out tonight, possibly. So that's possibly. a seven twenty game, seven oh five airtime here on one oh six one ESPN. But I watched a good deal of that game last night. It was highly entertaining, actually. The Mets and Braves. Braves won that one uh, seven to five. They're kind of running away. Not kind of. They are running away again <laughs> with the National League East. Everybody else is playing for wild card spots over there. I feel, I feel good for, for Michael Harris because he was really in a horrible slump to start the year. I don't know if he – I think he's either at or above 200 now. But he was, you know, 150-ish uh, at the beginning of the year. But, you know, to, to get him – back in the, into the flow like he was last year a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's good to see, and that'll be a bo- big boost for Atlanta offensively moving forward. Trying to get to the old Mendoza line. Yes. You know the Mendoza oh, line? Yes. Mario Mendoza. Mario Mendoza. Was the light-hitting uh, shortstop of the Pirates, I think. 
never hit a buck 95 to 200 in his career, so they named the 200 mark after him. He should be in the Hall of Fame he just should, for that. Just for that, right? For the Mendoza line. All right. Uh, here's our 300 hitter. He's on the air with us this afternoon. Hello, Reggie. Say what? You're our 300 hitter. You could win a triple crown. First of all, I have to say hello to the future Hall of Famer of the University of Richmond, Bob Twinkletoes Black. <laughs> Twinkle and toes. also the Wall of Famer himself, Sean Robinson. Gentlemen, <laughs> I'd like to thank Bruce for once again giving the Miami Heat the KOD kiss of death. Why does he keep doing this? He cost me my trip to Las Vegas where Al's promotion was Spirit Airlines. Oh Unbelievable. Oh my. The wife was excited. I had Miami in six, and then Bruce picked them. I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Everything was moving fine. And then here comes Bruce. I'm going with Miami. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Well, they still can win Anybody a six. They just got to win three straight. <laughs> Ain't going to happen, though, but they still can win a six. Bruce gave him a kiss of death. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it's you, though. I don't, I don't think it's happening. He probably did. No, no, it's not. But, but guys, real quick, the Omaha, uh, the Oklahoma young ladies in Florida State, man, I tell you, this all-star slash World Series of the ladies softball is fantastic. Fundamentally, those young ladies swung the lumber. For Oklahoma, I think another home run just hit again. I mean, they was hitting the ball yesterday. Well, they've been doing it. I think I think I saw a stat, Reggie, that if they score two more runs today, tonight, and, and win this thing, they will have three straight years of 500 runs wow. in the season. Wow. And it, that, obviously that's never been done before. So this is quite a juggernaut they've got going there. Swinging the lumber, assuming the balloon is rolling. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Sean, I'm going to ask a very serious question since you guys do a great job on Channel 6 covering the local high school sports. And it seems like the other people are delirious, but now I'm going to keep my mouth <laughs> Gee, shut. Gee, you've never said that before, Reggie. Wow, how about that? <laughs> the we, truth is the light. What we, we echo say? your sentiments. We <laughs> echo your sentiments. What's the future of the Richmond City sports? Because right now it's looking bleak to me, Sean. Oh, you talking about with the five the, the five Richmond City schools? Yeah, it's looking bleak. Well, Houston I, and Tidewater just did a bill where they're going to let minor league schools have soccer, cheering, and football and wrestling. And Richmond's busy cutting the budget, doing everything they can to hurt the middle school as well as the high school. I... I probably need to read more into that. I didn't get a chance to see that. I know for for football, I would say at least two of those schools are probably in the mix. Maybe three are in the mix to at least make the playoffs. I know last year TJ made it to the regional semis. Huguenot with Coach Scott, who was at Life Christian uh, last year, the Life Christian Academy in Chester. I think he's going to do good. I think he's got some players that have come from that school He's got the quarterback that was at Manchester, <clears throat> excuse me, Jason Wright, who is now probably going to be the starting quarterback at Huguenot this season. Armstrong, perennial playoff contender. Uh, the last, I want to say, no, that's TJ. The last six years that they've had a season, TJ has made the playoffs, and they made a state semifinal probably back in 2019. 
So, and then obviously for basketball, we could just talk with John Washington on what they've done as far as winning state championships to straight four, five, and and 10 years. Certain sports, you're going to see those schools still compete, still contend, still win state championships. George with a couple of, you know, they've been to state championships in the last decade. They won one with Coach Coker. Um, So probably not all of the sports are going to go, you know, go out, out the window. There will be some that the city schools will compete in. Maybe not all, like, you know, softball or, or wrestling or track. John Marshall's track has done well as also. But mm-hmm. I think they're still gonna they're still gonna be there. They're still gonna compete. Well, one quick question, Sean. When you go out to several high school sports, talk about the enthusiasm, especially the parents and the fans there. And it seems like the school spirit is off the chain where they support the local athletics and all sports. Oh no, that that goes without saying. I mean, we we see that obviously with the the money sports, football and basketball, but even the spring sports. You know, we we cover when the state playoffs were here recently, a few years ago, and even when we go to Northern Virginia, they pack the places. We I was at Midlothian. I'm getting my days mixed up, Bob. I think it was <laughs> not yes because you're so busy. Uh, no, it was Tuesday. Midlothian played a state quarterfinal in softball. That field was packed. They went nine innings. They went extra innings before uh, Riverside won. So you always are going to get the support, the loyal support from family, close friends, schools uh, as well. They're 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 going to come out. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's not going to change. No question. Yeah, until you look at Holland Springs. Oh my God, and Verona. When they get together, man, it's it's an mm-hmm. old fashioned Donnie book, but the fans really enjoying themselves. Yeah, and, and even don't tell me about Chesterfield. That, Ooh, true, the Battle of Chester with Bird and Dale, and even even the private schools. You look at Trinity and Benedictine for football. I mean, they've packed the place in St. Chris and Benedictine. I mean, this those four Richmond private schools. I mean, they have some battles. You know what? No matter what sport, they're 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 going to battle, and those those are very very intense. Uh, so you know the 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 fan support for high school athletics here in this area goes without saying. I mean, you can match that up with any other area. Seven five seven Northern Virginia, Southwest Virginia. Our support for high school athletics is second to none in this area, without a doubt. Hey Bob, that's me recruiting for some of the big boys out there. Here at Virginia Tech, Richmond, UVA, ODU. We're always looking, Reg. We're always <laughs> looking. We'd love to keep them at home, right? Build a fence around the Commonwealth and keep them at home. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Reggie, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, pal. Thank you. All right, let's get a break in at uh, just past the bottom of the hour, the 4 o'clock hour. He's Sean Robertson. I'm Bob Black. Thanks for locking in. 1061 ESPN. Back with more of the Sports Huddle. Mile High or South Beach? Jimmy Buckets or the Joker? Who will bring home to Larry O'Brien this year? Catch every game of the 2023 NBA Finals here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Can't get to a radio? We're streaming every game at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Just search 1061 ESPN Richmond. (laughs) This was a great conversation during the commercial break has almost nothing to do with sports whatsoever <laughs> but sean's over there watching something on his laptop and aj walks in he's like what are you watching?" because you can hear the the laughter and what were you what you were watching uh it was a tweet uh recognizing today was jerry stiller's birthday 
And if you remember, Jerry still obviously he was George Costanza's father on Seinfeld. Yes. And also he was um, the, the father on King of Queens. Mm-hmm. So they showed this hilarious scene with him and Julia Louise Dreyfus's yep. character. Mm-hmm. I think it was in a train in the train station or the bus station. And they were showing the scene of him saying, do you want a piece of me? And she couldn't get through the scene without laughing with him presenting it. You know, do you want a piece of me? <laughs> so they were showing that scene. And I was looking at it. I was like, that's that's him. Because it was like he's just how he presents his line is just like so hilarious. Maybe the, the line itself is not funny, but how he says it and his body language and his eyes and everything like that is like. It goes over the top. Yeah. So I was watching that. Anything what? Jerry Stiller does is funny. It's funny. I those agree. two, I mean, those two characters, I mean, are just they're they're hilarious. And marginally, this has some sports overtone to it because um, on Seinfeld, right? George worked for Steinbrenner. Yep. So the Yankees and never could see him, and never, never could see never just the show, back of him yes. or or the shadow of yes. him, but you never saw him. <laughs> Um, and then I brought up that when I was out of out of town recently and flying back and forth, you know, they let you watch all the old reruns of stuff on the plane. Mm-hmm. And I was watching Cheers. So you got Sam Malone, yes. you got the Red Sox, you got you know Coach, I was gonna all say coach. that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, it's embarrassing when you laugh out loud on an airplane, <laughs> you know, because everybody's doing their own thing, yes. and you're like, <laughs> and, they're yeah. like, and they're, they're looking at you like, like you're I'm watching the movie, fool. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny scene. Let it me was. let me enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> so I was really getting into Cheers. I thought that was it was so well written and so well acted, you know. It was it yeah. was fun. So those were so that's what we were talking about during the commercial break. We're, we're and even sitcoms. the changes you'll see certain sitcoms. I know we're like going that's really okay. all off with sports. It's okay, it's the summertime. There's certain comedies where they'll have a change in and a main character or a, or a secondary character, yep. and you'll see the drop off. And Cheers was one of those up those shows where the second main character leaving the level of of, of, of writing and also the the acting, maybe it was a little bit better. Cha- you know. So the, who are you consider? We really are getting off topic here, yeah. but who are you considering the second character on Cheers? I thought Shelley Long because okay. she was the love Diane, interest, right? Diane Chambers, and then, and then you had Christy Alley, Christy Alley, Rebecca, who we just lost. Yes, yes. So when you had those two, Christy was right there. Maybe agreed. It, it, oh, even I agree. a little bit better, and 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 it, you know you bring in Woody Harrelson, and right? I was just saying the, the coach and yeah. Woody Harrelson combination That's one. But I, didn't lose anything there either, right? And then also with Kelsey Grammer being a main character as Fraser Crane, yep. and bringing his wife in, just you know, it just it, it seemed like the level got better when you took Shelley out, and unfortunately, you know, when the coach passed, and you brought it, it just got better, yeah. with those additions on there. Again, this is sports. All of you yelling at yeah. all of you yelling at your phone. Sports yeah. stage. Well, come on. Sam Malone is a yes. great picture for the Boston Red there Sox. You go. They, and, and they had some they had some sports celebrities. Oh, yes, they in did. As, as cameos. Sure did. So, yes, yeah. they did. But yeah. that's that's what we talked about. You know, sometimes those those conversations during the break it adds into the segment. I say that all the time too. Is the best conversations are the ones the audience never hears. Yes. Because they're during the commercial break. Okay, so I'll do some real baseball. For you then, how's that for for a segue into what's being played? That's right. Well, last week, you know, we were talking about you going up to, to yes. see the Nats Phillies series. I had a great weekend, and, and the and the Phillies won the series. Took was it two or two three? Out, two out of three there. So we're we're somewhat happy, right? Then then I went to Philly on Monday, and they beat the Tigers. See, so I had two really good days. 
And I mean, eleven to three and eight to three. Can't beat that. Yeah, right? no. And Nola Nola took a no hitter to two outs in the seventh. I thought I was going to. Well, I was. I thought I might see history, but it wasn't going to be Nola history because he was already up to like a hundred pitches mm-hmm. in the seventh inning. So I knew if the Phillies pitched a no hitter, it was going to be a combined right. no hitter, and he right. gave up a three run homer. Um, to his former teammate, uh, Nick Maton, mm-hmm. who ironically they had honored before the game and gave him his National League Championship ring before the game because he's now on the Titans. Then he hit a three-run homer <laughs> off of NOLA. Uh, but the Phillies had a big enough lead that it didn't matter all that much. So I had a great time. I was mentioning it yesterday on the show. It's just so much fun to be a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, like you and I, we don't get too many chances to just go be a fan. And I, I experienced the whole thing from, you know, I'd use mass transit, to one game in D.C., drove in the car in the parking lot and everything to the other game in Philly, you know, stood in the concession stand lines, did the whole thing. It was it was really fun. Now, how quick were those games? Because I know we talked about that a few weeks ago as far as the pitch clock and how fast the games have gone, and that kind of will, I guess, change how you would go, you know, set mm-hmm. up going to concessions and things of that nature how, how was it's that? a great question because i went into it thinking okay we got to get there got to get to the concession like the games are going mm-hmm. i happen to go to two games that i think were a little more drawn out neither one of them went three okay but they were 245 250 a little bit above a average. little bit but yeah. i remember parney telling me earlier this year 245 is the magic number mm-hmm. that's what he would like to see every year because that gives fans plenty of time to get through the concession stands and do their thing but you're not dragging it out right too long so two so and i think both the games i saw were right in the 245 area and i will i will admit i thought i was going to constantly be looking at the pitch clock and they're strategically placed mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know in the ballpark and i really as it turned out i didn't which was good so i didn't notice you it focused on I, the game I, here's why i noticed it twice in the philly detroit game a detroit batter got called for a strike because he wasn't ready, and both times it was a third strike to end the episode. yes, wow. which it's that's like Nola had twelve strikeouts, but he only threw ten of them. <laughs> you know, it was it was let's, just weird. Let's say ten and two yes, thirds, or right, eleven, exactly. Like that. <laughs> it, was, it was like very anti Like I, yeah. that, I didn't like. Like yeah. I wish there was a way they could do something about that. And even in the, you know, and then I read the Philly paper the next morning, and the Philly one of the Philly writers, and they cover him every day, mm-hmm. was like in what seemed like a quick pitch clock operator. Ah. So, I mean, it's still human, right? There's a human pushing the button when to start. And even the writer was like, it felt like they were pushing it quickly. Mm. So there's still a little gray area there. And here's here's the other thing on Nola, because he's always been one of the slowest, most deliberate pitchers. I think he's found a loophole. Because I can't tell you, Sean, how many times he would get the baseball from the pitch, from the catcher, or even the umpire after a foul ball, and he'd kind of rub it up, mm-hmm. and then he decided he didn't like it, so he'd throw it away to the dugout, and they restarted the clock. I saw that. Man, what did I? So he really has found a loophole here. Yeah, I think I saw that a couple times at some baseball games this past week where they kind of did that. Yes. So, so I don't know how yeah. that, that I, you would think that's an easy fix that you're going to say you can do that if you want, but we're keeping the clock running. You know, but he's such a fidgety. I didn't realize how fidgety he is mm-hmm. on the mound. He is always rubbing up the ball, you know. Scuffing he, it up. Yeah, he's scuffing the, it up. He's going to his mouth mm-hmm. and wiping it off on his pants sleeve. And, and That's interesting. And, and he must he threw it like several times. Like, and I don't know what he's looking for. And there's probably some pitchers that probably will notice that. It's like, oh, if we're adjusting the, the, the pitch clock with that, oh, maybe this – 
okay, let me rub it. Oh, I don't like that, and probably do, but like you know, I'm not feeling this yep. right now. Let me just throw it, yeah. and get the the pitch. I think they reset it every time. Like he never got called for a violation, so even if they weren't resetting it, he had enough time to to do his thing. But I think every time he you know threw a ball out of play and said, "Give me a new one," they started it over wow. again. Yeah. That's interesting. It, it was. And, I again, very anticlimactic when they call that strike on the bat, mm-hmm. especially when it's the third strike. That's yeah. even worse. Yeah. And it happened. And they argued a little bit, like, what's going on here? Why is it so, you know, but they, not much they can do about it. Because if the pitch clock is going, you know it's going. Yep. So, hey, you got you to get with it. Yeah. So maybe I'm starting to be convinced because I, I really thought it was going to affect my enjoyment of being in the ballpark. Like, I know how I watch on TV now. Mm-hmm. But those are the first two games in the ballpark I've seen since all this came to play, and it wasn't really wasn't that bad. Other than that, which I even it was a team I wasn't rooting for, I felt right. bad for that. I just like, come on, we can't, you can't do that. And so. I notice when I when I go to the diamond to shoot the squirrels, yeah. they have the uh, the cheese cheese steak area like right behind us where we shoot, and I kind of pay attention to that a little bit more because those lines are like really really long for the cheese steaks, and I kind of like will shoot and then like pay attention to okay. How how long you're in the line? How mm-hmm. long that person is in the line? How much they're kind of paying attention to the field because you can see the field from that spot, and just how the flow of it. Like, okay, if, are you in there for like 45 minutes? Are you there for an hour? You know, are you there from the start of the second? When do you leave to get back to your seat? It's like, you know, is it four innings? Is it five innings? Is it three and a half? I'm just paying attention to that maybe a little bit more just because of that pitch clock because, you know, like you were saying, that could have a significant effect on how you enjoy your game when you go to a stadium. I think you've got a little man-on-the-street segment coming there. Like, <laughs> you should go in the concession line at the Diamond one night and do that and talk to people and say, you know, does it bother you? The game's moving pretty quickly yeah. here, and here you are in the in the line. And Now, they've had it for a couple of years now in the minor leagues, right? right? They've had the pitch right. clock for a couple, but still. So still adjust- and the Diamond's tough because we all know, you know, the, the, the shortcomings of the Diamond yes. and how hard it is with the few concession lines that they have. Right. So I'll, I'll give you another one, and maybe we're boring people on this. <laughs> I don't know. But in Philadelphia on Monday night, so they the good news here is they moved up the start times for their Monday through Thursday games oh, really? to 640, which is really nice. Okay. It's much, you know, it's earlier. It's yeah. a half hour earlier. Game ends at 9 mm-hmm. or not. That mm-hmm. part is great. But, and I think I figured out why. They don't open the gates until 535. For a 640 game. So that's only an hour, yeah. hour and five minutes. Yeah. Like we parked the car and we're walking up and I'm like, why are these lines so long? Why isn't anybody moving? And it was 530. I'm like, the game's in like a little over, like isn't it 90 minutes right. that you would normally open the gates? And on the Monday through Thursday games, they only open the gates wow. 65 minutes before the game. So as soon as everybody gets in, where's the first place they're going? Concession, Concession line, mm-hmm. which were long. And I never got my cheesesteak. That's the point of this story. <laughs> is the, the darn cheesesteak line was so long. I'm like, the heck with it. I'll just get a Philly Frank. There you go. As we call them in Philly. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I was really surprised by that. And then their weekend games is 90 minutes. 90 minutes. But I'm thinking, I know we got to get a break in here. I'm thinking it's twofold. And in, in April and May, I could see it when the kids aren't out of school yet. Mm-hmm. Your crowds aren't quite as big. Probably more of a late arriving crowd. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the summer, I don't think it matters what day of the week it is. I think they're coming. And they did. We had, had 30,000 Monday night for the Tigers, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, it might be hard to get workers there that early because most of these are part-time positions. People work during the day. Mm-hmm. They can't get there on time. So mm-hmm. that's I, I think that's probably why. And also, the, what about the bus, the bus yeah, line, too? Yeah, could be. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
So once we got in, it was fine, but I never got my cheesesteak because that line was any of the cheesesteaks. And that's by stands. far, especially at the Diamond, that's by far the busiest. Is it really? The, to me, that is. Really? I haven't seen the upstairs where you get your normal chicken fingers and burgers. To me, that's always like the, the it has the most the most people waiting. I'm not sure I've ever had a cheesesteak at the Diamond. I might have to go do that. Well, this guy who who is there now, from what <laughs> all accounts, does a really good cheesesteak. I'm going. Really, really I'll good go cheesesteak. All right, I got to go to a break. Let's do that, and we'll come back. What a segment you all just got there. You got the best old-time sitcoms and ballpark experience. We aim to please. We do. Back after the break, 1061 ESPN. He loves talking about sports. And just like you, he's got a lucky jersey that hasn't been washed for six seasons. It's going to smell like hot dogs. Jamie King is live weekday mornings from 7 to 8 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. <laughs> wow let this go i love it i'll start singing you don't want me to do that sing i was so excited i just pulled my headset out of the uh out of the jack so you better talk here, oh this is extended this is the disco version Wow. Like we have time for this. I did not know it was the extended version. <laughs> this is the disco version. This is this is not the TV version. Oh no, that you're right. Yeah. That is. <laughs> Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. What? And they're always glad you came. Come on. You wanna be where you can see the troubles are all the same. I think Bob Everybody is tearing up right now with this with this theme song. I am, but I got another story to tell. Oh. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep boring boring you guys. But one of the writers and co-producers, and you may have met this guy at some time. Uh, although maybe he was before you were here in Richmond. I don't know. Uh, is a guy by the name of Ken Levine. Okay. And Ken Levine had a love for baseball and baseball broadcasting, mm-hmm. and he took a year away from writing cheer. And he did some. He made on a little bit of Mash at the end of Mash, but I know he was. I, and when I watched the shows on the airplane, his name was on there. Oh, really? as co- <laughs> it was really cool. He went and did a year with the Syracuse Chiefs, really doing minor league baseball play by play with a guy named Dan Horde, who is that now name sounds Dan familiar. Horde's now the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals. And the University of Cincinnati okay. uh, Bearcats. Okay. And went to Syracuse. So okay. I, I knew him from Syracuse. So I got to know Ken Levine. And he's written a couple of books. Okay. And he wrote a book on his experience of being a minor league baseball wow. broadcaster for a year. Fascinating stuff. Great guy. Obviously, humorous as can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's laid back. And you would never know, you know, that he was like our guy AJ and like, you know, ran Hollywood <laughs> and ran, you know, LA and all of that. Uh, a really cool guy, and he was a. Next time you watch a rerun of Cheers, check the credits. At now, the was be, he a writer he, or beginning. producer? He did both. Okay. The okay. two shows that I watched on the airplane, he co-produced. Nice. But he was also a writer. I'm pretty sure he was a writer at some point um, on Mash. Also, that'd be interesting to kind of step away from a successful show to do something. He I guess did. he obviously loved. He loved it, which was play by. That's yep. that's cool. Yeah, that's and cool. I don't know how he got hooked on to Syracuse. They said he could do it, something. Wow. And Dan's such a good guy. And Dan's really funny and laid back. They were a perfect pair. 
Nice. I'll never forget that year because I was still doing the Braves at that point. Look at that. There you go. <laughs> what an hour we just put together. How about the producer? How about AJ getting on Get, there? Getting the cheers theme on that. there. Yep. All right. We'll see if we come back with uh, what were your favorites there? You were uh, – King of Queens, Seinfeld. King of Queens, Seinfeld would be well, one. Well, we were talking about Seinfeld or, or yeah. King of Queens and, uh, and Big you Bang were, Theory. And you were gold, oh, Bank, Big Bang Theory and, and Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. That's classic. That's All classic. Right. You find that, you're on top, AJ. ESPN Sports <laughs> Center next. <laughs> Meet Joe A, Hi. Joe B, Hello. 